Welcome to All Turns and No Breaks with Tam and Renee. This isn't an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk for fans by fans. Hey, NASCAR fans, welcome back to another episode of All Turns No Breaks with Tam and Renee. I am Renee, and on the other side is Tam. What it do, Renee? What it do, Miss Tam? Kitty, 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 kitty. Yo, what's going on, people? How y'all feeling? Most excellent. Mr. Front Row Kenny sound like he's on a dating site. That's all right. (laughs) (laughs) So what you saying, Renee, that Kenny has on his sexy voice? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, man. I was like, who is that on the other (laughs) line? Your level's okay on your microphone, Kenny? Yeah, I think they're pretty good. All right. Loud and clear over here. <laughs> if I sound funny this episode, that's because, oh, I was going to say I'm raw dogging it, but I don't know if that's appropriate. I have no <laughs> microphone. Get your mind out the gutter. No microphone for me this right. week. <laughs> so I'm rough, rugged, and raw. There you I'm go. raw Boom, dogging. There you go. Get it? Good. Okay, got it. <laughs> moving on, let's jump into some weekend talk, and then from there, we're going straight to NASCAR. This whole episode is about to be lit AF as the Millennial Car showed us during the NASCAR All-Star Race. Yes, ma'am. Renee was in Montana. Renee, in, you got 30 seconds to tell us what you did in Montana. Okay, guys, for all our listeners and uh, that know what I do outside this uh, podcast, I do many of things, but one thing I do know is that I've never done a show, a variety show, where there's sketch, improv, and stand-up all together in one. And uh, I was uh, fortunate to do something outside the box of my career. I knew I wanted to do something different this year, just didn't know what it was, and this was it. And Tam and Kenny, I didn't care whether it was in Montana or here in California or anywhere else, but I had one heck of a time doing it, and I was with uh, some other four talented uh gentleman and it was quite an experience and it's something that i definitely want to continue to do so i just want to thank all the people that came out uh, to our shows in montana all the four cities that we were at thank you so much for coming out and uh, i look uh, forward to doing more stuff like this how that's it in 30 seconds how about you guys i have one question for you renee did you see kanye i did not see kanye <laughs> i was Aww. looking for him too <laughs> But uh, no Kanye sighting in Montana. My weekend consisted of me laying low and laying down and watching some TV. I didn't go to the racetrack. I wasn't in Charlotte to see the All-Star race. I didn't go to the basketball games to go to state. I laid low. You didn't, go, I to had the, a you didn't very... go to the racetrack to watch the Preakness either? No. Oh, damn. I went to the gym and then came home and I was like, yeah, I'm just going to lay low and watch TV. And I was a little upset with TV because I was trying to watch qualifying for IndyCar. I don't know what was going on with the TV. It was a rain delay. I don't know what they were showing. And then the Preakness was showing last year's Preakness. And I kept saying, these aren't the horses that I know that should be running. But usually they say 2018. They tell you what race it is. I didn't know what was going on. I just kept saying, no, Justify is not running this year. I ended up finally watching everything that I wanted. And it was fabulous. And Kenny, Kenny had a pretty exciting week. A weekend because he was actually at Charlotte Motor Speedway. Can you tell us what you saw? What happened? What it was? Man, it was a very, very wild All Star weekend. A, a whole lot wilder than I thought it was actually going to pan out to be. We haven't had an All Star race like that in a couple years, and that's definitely one for the memory books. But to really sum up the weekend, it was really fun as well. Shout out to the NASCAR Diversity Interns for 2019. They brought in a brand new class with 27 new interns. I met quite a few of them. Shout out to Don Trey, who was on the Auto Club podcast, had his cameo on there. He made it in, and quite a few others that I spoke to made it to the program. Right on. Got a chance to give them a tour of MRN, so that was pretty cool. And to sum that up, it was just a fun, fun time and kind of crazy looking at them here at the same place where I was at just a year ago and now full time. So it's kind of cool. 
Kenny, you did not tell us about seeing Bubba Wallace. Like, come on. I thought we were going to give that a minute. I thought we were going to get to it. <laughs> okay, well, we'll, wanna, we'll get into it. I don't, don't want to take the whole thing early, you know? Good, good point. Good point. <laughs> Let's jump into the All-Star Open first. What a race. What can you say? Each stage Man. was fantabulous. Not yeah. fantastic. Fantabulous. You had... Some bumping, some grinding, and some rubbing, and some wrecking. Well, technically, it wasn't wrecking. It was more like spinning. Yeah, buddy. (laughs) We talked about it in our Twitter chat on the Twitter, whether or not people thought Bubba was racing dirty or was it just racing. Most people agreed that it was just racing. Ironically, he had the same situation unfold in... I mean, twice, basically, in the last stage and then the stage before that one. But he was able to get in, and that's all that mattered. And it it was just a wonderful situation considering everything that he's been going through and everything we had been talking about with him saying that he was depressed. For him to get in, that meant the world. And when Ryan Blaney came to the garage and he still had on his street clothes he hadn't put on his fire suit yet he came to the garage and gave Bubba a big gigantic hug whether you like the guy or not that was a really great feel-good moment Mm -hmm. and Kenny you were standing right there when it all unfolded so tell us a little bit about your experience being there Man, let me tell you, first off, I think I was literally right time, right place. As I saw everything happening, I'm like, let me get to the other side of the garage where he's going to come in at. Soon as I pull up, Bubba comes in, cars battered, bruised, but obviously he won that stage and got himself into the all-star race. It was so cool. As I'm looking at him on TV doing his interview, all you can hear in the background is Blaney like yelling like, yeah, man, yeah, man. And then all you see him is rush up to him and give him a hug. Seeing a moment like that in person was probably one of the best moments I've like ever seen in my five or so years of covering sports overall. It was so cool and such a feel-good moment. And just like you said, battling through that depression, going through all that for him, and just so much pressure on him to get that win this time, even if it's an exhibition race, I'm sure that helped him out a ton mentally. Such a such a cool moment. Like I absolutely love feel good stories like that, and that's exactly what we what we live for in sports. Man, Kenny, just listening to you, brother, just explained what you just explained. I have to say that that just gave me chills, bro. Like that literally just gave me. <laughs> I knew you had that moment standing there when it all unfolded. So I wanted you to share exactly how you felt, and I'm sure our listeners completely understand because as fans. Watching it on TV, I think we all felt the same way. How could you not feel that way? Absolutely. Okay. Without a doubt. And I could only (laughs) wish that I could have been in your shoes at that moment, or at least standing with you, brother. I mean, that's a moment that you just go, (laughs) I was there and I got it all. (laughs) Even if you just wasn't recording it, it. it's in your head from now on. Yeah, it's going to be one of those things like in sports that I've seen up close and personal. Certainly something I won't forget for a long time. And will be a cool moment to be able to tell other folks, like, man, I was literally right there for that exact. Yeah. When you're in a situation where you are in the presence of that much emotion, you can't help but feel affected. Ironically, if you guys remember, I was at the Daytona 500 sitting right in the front in the media center when Bubba came in and started crying and his mom came up and hugged him. I mean, I have it all on video. I have lots of photos. I have it recorded. I can completely understand how you felt at that moment because I felt that same way during the Daytona 500, his rookie year. Yeah. And I want to say this because I I want our listeners that listen to our podcast and I want even our newer listeners that have have, uh, uh, turned on to All Turns No Breaks to understand this is why we do the podcast. And it's like, Tam, it's like you always say, this is a podcast for fans by fans. And I, and I want them to really understand like the moments that we get, whether it's you, Tam, like the way you just explained, or even like what just Kenny explained or even I explained. And I want them to understand that this is why we do the podcast, not not only for us, but to bring it to them so that they can almost feel like they're in the moment with us. Indeed. Let's move on 
we know Bubba won a stage and he was able to get in the all-star race. Daniel <laughs> Hemrick was looking good, but he came up short. Yeah, until him and Ryan Priest got into it, which was pretty crazy. I'm actually surprised nothing happened after that. I was down by the garage where he came in at. He looked pissed, but it seemed like nothing it nothing came of it. Not like uh, what we'll talk about later with Ryan Newman and Clint Boyer. Yeah. So let's just jump into that. So your stage one winner. Okay, I can't recall. I know Kyle Bush won a stage. Kevin Harvick won a stage. Who am I missing? And we're talking about the all-star race. Kyle Bush nailed that. Kevin Harvick got that. And Joey Logano. Joey Logano. I knew yeah. it was somebody I was missing. Well, yeah. And then, of course, Kyle Larson won the race and won the million dollars. and. That pretty much was all that, folks, until my boy, Clint Boyer, <laughs> jumped out his car <laughs> and was throwing punches like a tarantula. And the reference to the tarantula is there's a meme, if you search on Twitter, there's a meme that shows your boy, Clint Boyer, going ham on Ryan Newman. I'm going to give you guys my two cents. One. People are like, he's hitting him with this helmet on. I'm like, no, his helmet looked off to me. It didn't seem like he had on a helmet, especially when he got out. He didn't have on a helmet. Two, if you looked at the interview immediately after it happened, Ryan's eye looked a little swollen. And then maybe it was from the helmet, but no, it looked like he was developing a little shiner on one of his eyes. Three. Oh, he connected. Oh, trust me. He connected. <laughs> well, here was yeah. the thing. Most people, even Ryan Newman said that, oh, you hit a guy with his helmet on. But I'm like, no, I think your helmet was already off. Again, right. we'll know, I guess, in a couple of days. Actually, we'll know on Thursday because you guys know that they have a appearance together. They're doing a personal appearance together in Charlotte on Thursday. So that should be interesting. It will be. Yeah, so, and then, too, I'm going to check out Ryan Newman's eye to see if he has a shiner. Do I agree or disagree with Clint Boyer's actions? It's just racing. And his emotions got to the best of him. People were trying to say, oh, well, he was hitting him. He didn't even take off his helmet because he didn't want to deal with Ryan, blah, 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 all this great stuff. I don't know. I just think when your emotions are high, you're not thinking about stuff. He got out his car and went up to him and started swinging. That's just the way things naturally unfold most of the time. And in regards to Ryan Newman not retaliating, I think I had a problem with it. Some people said, oh, he's a role model. He has daughters. He's not that guy who's going to retaliate. Ryan does a lot of stuff on the track, whether he's bumping people, not letting them pass. Again, it's all just racing. I don't know. Like, this is what happens. You do on to others. Sometimes they do back to you. So I feel like it all caught up with them. And to be quite honest, I felt like going back to Clint Boyer, he seemed to be taking it all as a joke. <laughs> but like he said, where he's from, you get poked in the nose. <laughs> in this case, he was poking in the eye. I don't know. Yeah, so with that Boyer and Brian Newman fight, it was pretty wild. I'll even say, again, in person, I was walking out of the truck. I'm thinking everything is done. Everything is cool. Okay, wait, Kenny, you didn't tell me you saw it in person. I thought you just saw it on TV. No, no. So, like, I'm walking on pit road, right? And wow. I'm looking at, I'm looking up at the screen, and all I see is, choo, 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 choo. and I'm like, whoa, 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 because I'm trying to figure out what happened because I didn't see the at first, I didn't see the replay with them on the, on track. All I saw was what happened on pit road. So I'm like, what is going on here with all this? Like, that is crazy. Because I'm like, well, I thought Ryan Newman first off, just like even Boyer said, was a lap down. So. What type of relevancy does he have at the moment in that case? He ain't winning that damn million dollars. <laughs> you know, he's out of, he's out of the he's out of the he's out of it now. It's done. That's it. But apparently with the whole deal at the end of the, at the cooldown lap, he decided to wreck him and spin him. So Boyer said, Hell, you know what? I'm gonna throw some punches. And he did it. And it's so funny this morning, his sponsor. 
people thought were going to have a problem. They chimed right in and rolled right, right with it. It's crazy. They liked it. They even put a comment on the video using the same Boyer quote saying, hmm, maybe we should use that as a slogan. So he did something. He did something right. Everybody I liked he, it. And anybody who yeah. said they didn't like it is fooling themselves because Listen. it brought national attention to NASCAR. Exactly. Both of them were trending in the top 20 topics. Boom. By the end yep. of the night. I'm even what is that uh sports people? It hit it hit Bleacher Report. It hit my <laughs> Yeah, it hit everybody's report because it was funny. Yeah. And it was crazy. When a million dollars is on the line, that's just the way you act. I mean, I, I loved it. It was good for the sport. I think so same. too. I think the same thing. Yeah. And you know, I mean, I'm not trying to say I and I'm not I don't want to be the one to sit here and say you guys that any issue is good for NASCAR, whether it's good or bad or, or publicity. That cause I don't want to be that person. But in this particular case, it wasn't like it was something dirty. Like Clint Board just w- went nuts and just started hitting on just some random person. I agree with Tam. I think it was, I think it was great for the sport. Not for any other reason than it brought attention, a lot of attention to NASCAR. And you're right. Uh, both of you are right. Everything on on social media was was the trending topic of that. Who didn't like to see Clint Boyer running over there and then just not talking, not pointing, not waving his arms? I mean, literally just ran over there and started punching like the guy cut him off in traffic or honked his horn at him. You know what I mean? It was just, it was fantastic to see. I'm all riled up. <laughs> <laughs> it was fantastic to see Renee, and ironically. We ran a poll on, we actually ran a couple of polls on Twitter. The first one was, we asked, should Clint Boyer be embarrassed about the dust up in quotation marks with Ryan Newman after the all-star race? Hashtag NASCAR. 41% said, sure should. 33% said, hell no. And 26% said, why should he be? And we had a lot of people chime in on that particular question. Me personally, I don't feel like he should have been ashamed of me. I, I shared my thoughts with you guys. I thought it was entertaining and it's just racing. And that's just how it is in NASCAR. We also asked another question. And this question that we posted, we said, don't lie to us. How many times have you watched the video of Clint Boyer's flying fist? Hashtag NASCAR. 9% of the people who chimed in and voted said just one time. 54% said twice, maybe five times. And 37% said, I lost count. (laughs) I will tell you personally, I'm in the 37% that lost count because Every five seconds, I kept thinking to myself, what the F just happened? I was feeling very millennial on Saturday with all the Bush beer AF and lit and all that stuff. So I was Why like. Why am I not surprised? Of course. I was like, WTF? What the F just happened? Because it was mind boggling. I shared this with Kenny and I'll share it with you, Renee, as well as the listeners. When I first saw it, I actually thought that Clint was someone else going up to Kyle Larson to congratulate him. And they was just throwing their fists like, yeah, dude, you did it. And then I realized, wait, nope, that's not Kyle Larson's car. And who is that throwing fists and what is going on? So my mind was actually blown. And and I can honestly say that. My mind was blown because I was trying to figure out what was I watching. And yeah. then, of course, when Ryan got out the car, I was like, oh, okay, it's about to go down. And all Ryan did was want to talk. My goodness. Wow. He was what, having what a, a Jimmy Johnson moment. Had, you know what? And you put all this together, guys. That made that all-star race just one enjoyable all-star race that I, I can remember seeing in a long time. Okay. That's icing on the cake right there. Honestly, yeah. that fight just topped it. <laughs> and we'll talk about it. Most fans loved the Open and the All-Star Race. What did you guys think? Was it great? And I know, Renee, you were in Montana, but you had an opportunity to catch up with all the highlights and stuff. 
What did you think? I thought both of them were just fantastic. And I don't really care what some people might think, and, and maybe some NASCAR fans, maybe they might agree with me or disagree. Because I know there are some fans out there that are that are really, uh, they're just as passionate as we are, you guys. And I, and sometimes I know that they hate to see this negativity on our sport that we love, which is NASCAR. But, you know, sometimes when you get into things like this, whether it's Ryan Newman or even with Bubba uh, and Daniel, uh, like even with the Daniel and Bubba thing, to me, that I thought that that was just racing myself. And, you know, Bubba's just happy to be in there. I understand that. But he's also trying to win. And he's also trying to do the things that he needs to do to kind of resurge his year that he's having. I mean, he's not having the greatest year. But maybe this might have some kind of motivation for him going forward after this weekend uh, into next weekend and then further on down the rest of the year. You never know. All it can take is something like this to really kind of revamp you know, a driver's edge and, and it might give him the edge to keep going forward. I mean, look at what we, we've been talking about, the 88. I mean, here's a kid who, uh, you know, right before the all-star race, you know, went back to back, what, what uh, you know, both second place. Who knows what's going to happen, you know, af- after next week. So, you know, you never know. Kenny, I already know you enjoy the all-star race. Yeah. But if you want to share your thoughts with everyone. Yeah, I do. I have a little bit to say. I was, um, easily to say it was probably one of the best ones I have seen in the last five or six years in my opinion it was so damn good that was so fun the open was perfect it had everything you could have ever asked for on a Saturday night showdown and for the folks that love short tracks I'm sure it gave them that exact feel because it was so much fun you had beaten banging had cars wrecking. You had everything. You had the feel-good stories. You had the guys that you wanted to get into the big show, got into the big show. You had Larson. You had Bubba. You had Alex Bowman. You had the guys you wanted to get into the show. You had everything. It was so much fun. And I think the all-star race itself progressively got better as we got towards the end. And again, that's why I say those shorter races can help out a lot. If I was to take my friends to a NASCAR race anytime in the future, the first thing I would take them to besides Daytona would be that all-star race because I'm pretty sure they would get one hell of a show just like we did this past weekend. Okay, two comments to what you just said. One, Larson being in the all-star race. I think earlier when we talked about who was in the all-star race or who raced their way in, we forgot to mention Larson. So it was actually Larson... Bubba Wallace and William Byron that raced their way in because they won stages. And it was Alex Bowman who got in on the fan folk. Just clarifying that. And and it's so ironic that it just clicked to me that we didn't mention Larson's name earlier. And it's crazy because Larson has kind of been in this home home situation lately (laughs) like even when we talked about last podcast that he had won a race in 2018 my mind was blown yeah it's been two years since he won last one was yeah i mean really blown i don't want to talk about it now but we are going to talk about it after i make my second point i want to talk about a little comment on twitter that kind of got us in hot water with some of larson's fans and it has something to do with him calling or saying that the All-Star race should be renamed to the B-Main. But hold that thought, or at least I'll hold that thought. My second point, and sorry to jump, but of course, you know, there's a lot going on. My second point of what I want to chime in and said, say to what you have said was about the length of the All-Star race. There's been some talk about Denny Hamlin's comments. In regards to saying that the 600, there's no reason for it. Now, you said that if you were taking your friend to a race, you would take them to the all-star race because it's short and sweet. 100%. I thought it was a, it's too short for. At least for an exhibition, right? I think it's perfect length for an exhibition. Yeah. If I'm, if we're going to go down that road. Okay. Well, we asked the question on Twitter. We simply stated, Denny Hamlin made a comment about the length of races being too long, mainly the Coca-Cola 600. Does he have a point? 
What do you think? Would you like to see shorter races? Hashtag all turns, no breaks. All you need to know is we got our fair share of comments. And when I say our fair share, boy, a lot of people chimed in. A lot of people had stuff to say. I can read a few, but most people said, do not touch the Daytona 500. Do not touch the Coca-Cola 600 and do not touch the Southern 500. Yeah, I would have to agree with that. That doesn't answer the question. Because in all honesty, we know that NASCAR is not going to do anything in regards to the Coca-Cola 600 length. But the simple fact is, is that that race is on the greatest day of racing where you have the Formula One Monaco Grand Prix. That kicks off the day. And then from there, we head over to the Indy 500 in Indianapolis. and then. We head over to NASCAR to Charlotte for the Coke 600. So the Coke 600 is almost the answer to motorsports or to the other motorsports events on that day. So it just kind of is what it is. It's a full day of racing. I mean, Monaco is like, oh, let's have some champagne and throw our football to Tom Brady on the next yacht. And then you have the Indy 500, which is one of the most legendary races in all the motorsports. And then the Coca-Cola 600, NASCAR's answer to everyone else is that, okay, we're going to show you up with the most grueling race of all the motorsports because it's 600 laps. So we know that it's never going to change. Maybe it can, but I don't see... I don't really see a reason for it to change. I think because of everything you just pointed out, Tam, everything that just came out of your mouth is all the reason why you should not change anything. You cannot shorten it. It's a, to me, I don't know if this is a, a legitimate or a very good analogy, but it's like Sunday football. I mean, you start from the morning and you go all the way to Sunday night football. They try to save the best two teams to try to put on, you know, uh, televisions for you to watch, you know, whether you're a fan of those teams or not. But usually it's a, it's a, it's a pretty good matchup. You don't want to shorten that, that last game because you think people are just tired of watching football. That, no, that's not it. Racing fans are going to watch regardless if they're racing fans, whether, you know, Formula One or NASCAR. I understand that's, that, that's, a, that's a little different, but. It's still racing, and if you're a fan of racing, you you want you that's what you want to see. You want to see racing. Uh, I don't know if I'm making any sense, uh, uh, Kenny, but I see what you're saying. Of course, with you know the idea of the length, and you know, of course, with football, we're talking from the early morning for some folks, the afternoon all the way until the evening. Yeah, that's true. That is great. Now, I will tell you this: I'm actually not fully against what Denny is actually saying. I talked about this on the NASCAR chat, but or NASCAR talk, but there was only but so much I could say on Twitter. Now, his idea of having some of these races shorter, I'm actually completely with him on that. I think there's actually some races on the schedule. If they were the length of what Xfinity was, they would be perfect. I think the idea of condensing some races makes sense here. And again, we look at the example of the All-Star race. The All-Star race was a polarizing event. It was short. It was 85 laps. That's not a long time. That's not a long race at all. I'm not saying we have 85 lap races. Some of those races like Dover, for example, if Dover was 300 miles, it would probably be a ton better than what you normally get at Dover. Yeah. You know what I mean? The shorter you have with these with these races, these drivers have less time to ride around. There's no BS. You got to get straight to it. There's no miss and there's no ride around the back and wait for such and such to happen. You got to go. And that's what the all-star race produces. You have to go because you have no time. There's no points on the line. You're going for that money. You're going for that million dollars like anybody else. And you got to put yourself in the best spot when the time is right. So with that being said, having races that shorter aren't going to kill it. I don't think that's going to harm anything. It'll more so fit into the culture of where we're at currently. Shorter things are much better for a lot of this generation. You know, there's a diehard like like us, for example, who will watch those races. But there's also the casual guy. A casual guy sees two hours of an event, probably can knock out two hours real quick, 
boom, boom, bap, goes on about his day. Versus the Coke 600, where we've got five and a half hours of racing. That's a long, long time. So having shorter events, not necessarily the Coke 600 or the Daytona 500 or the Southern 500, which I think are untouchables in terms of if you ever want to step into that, that boundary of shortened races, you don't touch those, which is fine. I don't think there's anything wrong with you taking those and keeping those. Let them stay. Some things don't need to be kept for the sake of tradition in terms of the longer races, because guess what? It's no longer the idea of the machine making it making it last 600 miles because most of those cars probably in this day and age could go a thousand miles and survive. We're just that modern when it comes to technology and, and mechanical technology. Everything has got to a point where it's almost damn near perfect. So most of this stuff isn't going to break. Just think about how many times you've seen a car break or a car blow up. Just think about the last five years. You don't really see that. 40 cars almost finishes the race every single weekend. Just damn near. So that whole idea of endurance on the machine doesn't really exist. It's more so just mental on the driver and the pit crews. And that's really what it comes down to now. So I'm not opposed to it. Yeah. Well, I don't know. What else can we add to that? There's always going to be disagreements. All three of us could say. (laughs) Well, I mean, here's the thing about NASCAR. Everybody has their own thoughts on how things should be. And it's just going to be what it is. Denny doesn't think we need the 600. A lot of people don't necessarily agree. And some do agree. But I think the consensus is that nobody wants to mess with tradition. Because now you have... Your diehard old fans are like, wait, no, the Coca-Cola 600 is a staple in NASCAR. Personally, I've done much better this year than I have in previous years, but I'll probably take about five naps during the 600. (laughs) I'm going to tell you guys now. In fact, I'm going to count them. So the next time we will come to you guys will be after the race and I'll somebody remind me to to tell you guys how many naps I had. But a lot of, I think, the reason why I take so many naps. So I haven't been to the Coke 600 in probably about three years. It's just, I don't know. I'd like to go to the the October race at Charlotte. I'm not really one to be at the Coca-Cola 600. For what? I don't know. I'll just watch it on TV. But more importantly, I think every year it's always like, this is the year that I'm going to Monaco, so I don't have time to be worried about the Coca-Cola 600. (laughs) Of course, that didn't happen again this year. But also, too, I think last year I was at the Indy 500. So that's why I never do the Coca-Cola 600. One of these days I'm going to do the double where I go to the Indy 500 and then I just take a private plane over to... (laughs) The Coca-Cola 600, but that's not happening this year. And it's not happening next year either because next year I'm going to Monaco because I'm going to go to Cannes Uh, for the film festival and then I'm going over to Monaco. That is written. It's in the universe. It is going to happen. Now, I do want to jump back to Kyle Larson and talk about this B-Main talk. So on the Twitter, Kyle Larson posted, Can we all agree to change the name for the All-Star Open to the B-Main? I'm rolling off six in the eight main tomorrow night. Hopefully, I can look it into the A and not need to cross my fingers for the fans provisional. Okay, I read his exact words, so if it sounded a little funny, maybe I kind of wasn't really understanding that last sentence. But he says, hopefully, I can look it into the A and not need to cross my fingers for the fans professional. We chimed in and said, quote, unquote, be main with a question mark. And then we gave two emojis because, of course, this is the whole millennial weekend. One emoji was with a straight line. So it wasn't a smile. It wasn't a frown. It was a straight line. And then the other one, was with big gigantic eyes and blushing cheeks. That was to be interpreted like, come on, really, <sighs> whatever. Somebody, her name was Cheryl. I won't read off her user because I don't want to put her on the spot. She chimes in and was like, 
do B main is a dirt race in turn for consolation race. B main qualifiers advance to the A main or the feature event hashtag dirt racing one on one. Of course, when I'm behind the Twitter account and I have my Twitter fingers, I responded and said, not sure if you're being sarcastic. I think you're trying to educate us. Either way, our comment was meant to be more or so. This is cup, not dirt, regardless of the why. Got it? Good. And she had some clapback. And she got a few likes on her clapback. She responded to us and said, not being sarcastic, but feel free to take it that way. And people wonder why Kyle is hesitant to say anything. I got it. Now, who's being sarcastic? Okay. Things are heating up. So, of course, Twitter finger Tam said, like we said, because I'm speaking for all of all turns, no breaks at this point. I think it's just Tam. (laughs) Well, no, because here's the thing. She, She thought she was reading me. Maybe she was. But this is what you do when you come across people like that. You kill them with kindness. Twitter finger Tam said, like we said, because again, I'm speaking for all of all turns, no breaks. We were not sure if you were trying to be sarcastic or think you were educating us. Either way, we stated what our tweet was about. We're lighthearted over this way. We aren't angry NASCAR fans. Be easy. Enjoy the race. Because that's all you can say. Like, calm down. But you know what somebody chimed in and said, and this capped off everything? Well, she did respond, but I'm not going to go into her response because at some point you can't continue to glorify ignorance. And yes, I did say ignorance with a response, but somebody chimed in and said, must be a good race. You rather bicker on Twitter than watch. (laughs) Now to qualify that, I guess I have to read her tweet because she said that she was at her local dirt track watching world of outlaws sprint car racing. And we'll check out NASCAR when she got home. And some bunch of emojis. So that's why the guy chimed in and was like, it must be a good race because you on Twitter bickering. Because basically, like, you at the dirt track, do you? At the end of the day, we're talking about Cup. And this goes back to Kyle Larson. And it's been said, but I'm going to say it. You know, some people said maybe he's too concentrated on everything else except Cup. That's probably why he hasn't been winning. He did come back and win a million dollars. But at the end of the day, this ain't dirt racing. Everything has a place. This ain't Formula One. This is not IndyCar. This is not IMSA and whatever other racing series. That's why the comment B main with a question mark and a straight face was like, huh? On that note, if you like what you hear, make sure to hit subscribe. And we would not be able to continue to do this without your support. So we need you to hit subscribe. Leave us a comment. If you hate what I'm saying, if you hate what Renee is saying, if you don't like what Kenny has to say, we want to hear it. Well, we really don't. But, you know, hey, you're entitled to your opinion. (laughs) Whatever you do, just leave us a comment and hit the subscribe button. Check us out on Twitter at Turns No Breaks, Facebook, the Instagram, all that good stuff, wherever you listen to podcasts or consume your social media, we're there. Oh, well, I guess that that was the fan comment of the week. Oh, there were two things we didn't talk about. One, Hendrick Motorsports. Jimmy, there was an article, and I don't even feel great about talking about this, but, you know, it's NASCAR. There was an article that pretty much posed the question, where is Jimmy Johnson's place at Hendrick Motorsports? And ironically, Jimmy had chimed in, not on the, on the article, but he was doing a press conference, and he chimed in and said that he had less than five years left. What do you guys think about the article? I think I sent it to you guys, so both of you should have read it. If one of you guys want to chime in, that's great. And then also, Dale Jr., speaking of Hendrick, we got to talk about Dale Jr., because Dale is getting ready for his big weekend at the Indy 500. 
Yeah. So I'll let you guys talk because I've talked out and then we'll go into some predictions. So if either one of you guys want to chime in about Jimmy Johnson. I'll start off with a little bit of Jimmy and then I'll just kind of end it in with, uh, or actually, you know what? I take that back. I'm going to start it off with uh, Dale and then I'll just end it off with my Jimmy uh, comment here. As far as Dale Jr. is concerned, he actually got to be part of the uh, Indy 500 race. He is going to actually be driving the pace car. Now, he actually got that gig by by complete accident. He wasn't the first choice. Al Roker, out of all people, was the initial driver that was supposed to be driving the Corvette pace car. Instead, there was a scheduled conflict. I guess Al Roker is uh, more busier than Dale Jr., apparently, because <laughs> they had to uh, look for somebody else to replace Al Roker. And lo and behold, guess who they went looking for and guess who was available? Dale Jr. So uh, Dale Jr. is once again behind the wheel of a car, but just not racing-wise. But he is going to be behind the Corvette pace car for the Indy 500. He's really excited about it, Tam and, and Kenny. He, he really is. And I, and I totally think it's a legitimate thing for him. I think he, he's really honestly excited about doing it just to be a part of it in any kind of way. Uh, you know, and I think as an athlete, you guys, to me, this just goes into whatever sport that an athlete plays. Any way that they can still be part of the sport that they that you know that they were a part of for their, most of their entire lives is something that I think that they really really do enjoy. And I don't care what sport it is, but uh, I think this is just another thing that Dell Jr. is just really thankful for, and uh, just another probably bucket list of his that he can scratch off. And whatever's left on that bucket list of his, I can't even imagine, but he can definitely uh, scratch this one off. Uh, real quick, just about Jimmy. I think he is less than five years away from the end of his career. I can't really see Jimmy going another five years, to be honest with you. I think maybe, I think maybe two, I think three is actually pushing it. Kenny, I don't know how you feel about that, but I honestly think that he really is less than five years away from, from the end of his career. And I don't know where he stands in, in the Hendricks uh, team. Um, I don't know where that's going. I think that kind of started to kind of unfold and deteriorate maybe last year or even the year before that. But um, I'll leave that the rest up to you, Kenny. I'll, I'll let you kind of chime in. Yeah, for sure. But first off, I'll say with Dale Jr. and the Indy 500 being the pace car driver, that's pretty cool. I think it was just perfect time. And he'll be up there with NBC this upcoming weekend as well. So that'll be cool for him. And again, just like you said, he's one of those guys who will stick around the sport for a long time because he loves racing overall as it is. And I've noticed from him when he did do some IndyCar stuff last year, he really took his time to do his homework. He's not one of those people who will try and step into something without doing any type of research. He'll actually go in depth, really try and learn what's going on rather than just trying to spitball stuff out just because you're there, which for some reason, a lot of people on TV tend to do. But going back to Jimmy Johnson and that whole article with him on the Charlotte Observer, it was an interesting read, I'll say. Thanks for sending that, Tam, by the way, because I had never seen that article today. But I think he probably has a few years left. I don't really foresee him going anywhere past like three years. I feel like the next three years, that's just going to do it. And I mean, at the end of the day, he has nothing to lose. What exactly does Jimmy Johnson exactly. have to lose? He's got a world of a career, a career at Hendrick that nobody thought he was going to have. Just like Jeff Gordon, for example. Jeff Gordon was tearing up cars in the Xfinity Series, left Ford, left Baby Roof, joined Hendrick. They took a gamble on him. You got a couple of championships out of him. Jimmy Johnson, an unknown guy to most people. Jeff Gordon finds him. He gets a shot in Xfinity, runs, tears up some stuff, wins one race, and that was it. One race in Xfinity. Comes up, wins seven championships in 90-plus races. He's got it in the bag. I don't know what else he would have to do. <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, really, if I was I at that point in my career, like, what else am I going to do? I think the only thing left for him, if it is a role at Hendrick, he may become a driver coach, like a Mark Martin, for example. Who knows? That's the only other thing I could see him doing if it's involving racing. I really don't see him diving into TV or anything like that. He's done a good job for the time he has been on Fox, but I don't think that's just his thing. He's just not that, not that guy necessarily. He's not 
a Daryl Walter for Dale Jr. per se. He doesn't seem like one of those people that's going to hang around to the point where he's doing like a 20, 25 year, 20 to 25 year long broadcasting career. It just doesn't really seem that way. I don't know. How do you feel about it, Sam? I think we talked about this last week, but as far as I'm concerned, yeah. Jimmy is done when he's finished racing. I think so, too. Yeah, I, mean, I actually was surprised that Jeff Gordon was came to the booth because Jeff kind of seemed like he would have been done as well. But his job is cush. He covers NASCAR half of the season, and then the other half of the season, him and his wife and kids are vacationing. What kind of... Yeah. Who's going to disagree with that kind of life? That's a dream right there. <laughs> I give Jimmy two years. That's it. I think when his deal is up with his primary sponsor, yeah. then he's going to ride off into the sunset. And him and his wife and kids, I don't really foresee Jimmy being a part of the sport like that. I think yeah. that he will ride into the sunset similar to Uncle Cousin Carl Edwards did, like Matt Kenseth has done. Because we don't hear anything about Mackenzie this season. Nope. And Greg Biffle rolled off into the sunset. I think Smoke, too. You could probably throw Smoke in there, too. Well, I mean, see, here's the thing. Smoke did and he didn't. You can still catch him at the track when he's not at the dirt track or the other tracks racing. But And then he's an owner, so he still has some type of connection. Right. Okay. But who actually surprised me was Jamie McMurray. I'm not surprised by him, actually, um, when he was done and what he did. I figured he was going to go to TV. It's something just said it. I could feel like he, he was going to end up doing that, if anything. I was surprised. We have talked NASCAR for a long time today. And let's get into some predictions. I thought we would do something a little fun this yeah, episode. And... Give predictions for the Monaco Grand Prix, as well as the Indy 500 and the Coca-Cola 600. It's time for Tam and Renee's Race Predictions. I will go first. Alrighty. Because I'm not really going to give you guys much of a history lesson. <laughs> so I am going to pick my boyfriend in my head who is actually now engaged, <laughs> Joseph Newgarten. To win the Indy 500. My alternative pick, I was kind of thinking Ed Carpenter because he qualified pretty well. But then I was like, Will Power. Then, of course, I was thinking Tony Kanan. I go in and out with IndyCar. Yeah, I have some of my favorite drivers in IndyCar. But Joseph, that's my dude. So I'm going to pick Joseph Newgarden to win the Indy 500. Well, actually, I did it in out of order because I should have started with the Formula One race since that's going to be the first race of the greatest day in racing. Oh, and side note, Fernando Alonso did not qualify for the Indy 500. You guys already know that by now, so I'm not telling anybody anything new, but it's still shocking. And rest in peace to Nikki Lauda. I just want to tell you guys the movie about his life had a profound effect on me in regards to motorsports. And for my Formula One pick, you guys already know, I'm not even going to go there with no other driver other than Lewis Hamilton. Lewis already has three wins this season, five podiums, and one pole. And it is Monaco, and you know, that boy liked to do it big and show out. So I'm going to pick Lewis for the W, and in regards to the Coca-Cola 600, boy, that's a grueling race. Kyle Busch won it last year. Austin Dillon, that lucky guy, he always wins the big races. He won it in 2017, and Martin Truex won it in 2016. I'm feeling like Kevin Harvick's name is on the tip of my tongue, but... I don't know. I want to go with Kyle Busch. I think Kyle Busch with the back-to-back wins. And shout out to Kyle Busch for winning the truck race this past weekend as well. But yeah, Kyle Busch is my pick to win the Coca-Cola 600. And my alternative is going to be Kevin Harvick. Just to recap, my Formula One pick for the Monaco Grand Prix is Lewis Hamilton. My pick for the Indy 500 is Joseph Newgarten. 
And my pick for the Coca-Cola 600 is Kyle B. And I actually did not pick an alternative for the Formula One race, but who cares? Because Lewis is going to win anyway. (laughs) Those are my pick. Who you got? As far as uh, IndyCar is concerned, uh, I'm going to stick with Penske. I think they're having a really good year all the way around. I'm going to stick with uh, Simon Paganut, who actually is, I hope I'm pronouncing that right as well, uh, who's also sitting on the pole. I'll go with him to win uh, the IndyCar race. As far as is, you know, NASCAR is concerned, I'm going to have to go with Martin Truex Jr. He seems to um, have the mojo right now, I guess, uh, especially winning that last race uh, right before All-Star Weekend. If I have to go for an alternative pick, I'm probably going to go with Chase Elliott in, in that regard. But uh, I see uh, Martin Truex Jr. In, in victory lane, and Chase Elliott will be my alternative pick. Kenny, what, what, what say you? All right, so we got the greatest day in motorsports. So for Formula One, my main pick is going to be Lewis Hamilton. If they get qualifying right, they're gone. That's literally what it takes at Monaco to win. If you get all that right, you get your pit stops right, you're good. Um, As an alternative pick, I'll actually go with Daniel Ricciardo and the Renault because you know what? If something happens, one of those smaller teams are bound to win. I feel like Daniel Ricciardo and Renault can definitely do that. Now, switching gears to IndyCar at the Brickyard, I'm going to go with Simon Pagano easily because, first off, he won the pole. He won the Indianapolis GP just a week ago, which will be a feel-good story for him because he's been rumored to be out of that ride. And Alexander Rossi is supposed to get in that ride, but I think he may have just saved himself after having such a good Indianapolis weekend so far. He's got two out of three things. Now, if he can capture that trophy, that would be amazing. And for an alternative pick, I'm going to go with Will Power. I think he can do it again and be a back-to-back winner at the Brickyard. And lastly, to close out the day on Memorial Day weekend, we've got the Coke 600. I think this is going to be a race where we get a guy who can dominate a race from start to finish. So for my first pick, I'm going to go with Kyle Busch without a doubt. If there's anybody out there that can do that, it will be him. And for my alternative pick, the same guy who nearly led every single lap a few years ago at the Charlotte Motor Speedway, I'm going with Martin Truex Jr. I think Gibbs may take it home at the Coke 600. Those are my picks. Wowza. And there you go. Those are our picks. Tam, Front Row Kenny, myself, we have given you our picks. If you guys got picks, just like Tam said, Let us know. Hit us up on our social media. Please, guys, we really do appreciate you guys listening each and every week. Like Tam said, please go subscribe to our podcast. Leave us a comment. And we certainly do appreciate you guys listening each and every week here on All Turns No Breaks. For Front Row Kenny, for Tam and myself, enjoy this weekend coming up full of racing. And ladies and gentlemen, we will see you on our next episode of All Turns No Breaks. Okay, Renee didn't pick his Formula One pick, but that's okay. Oh, yeah, I did. Bye-bye. <laughs> Shout out NDIP19. We out. Yeah. Woo. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for tuning in with Tam and Renee. 